Hello everyone, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We're in week three of a series called Unmute Yourself, and we're talking about prayer and the power of prayer. I once heard someone say that prayer is the most underutilized weapon that God gives us. Prayer is the most underutilized weapon that God gives us. Um, I've been in ministry now for, I think, 15 years. And in the early years of my ministry, we, uh, we, knew, we had a boy in our church, a very young boy. I think he was seven or eight or nine, somewhere around there. And he had an autoimmune disease. And the family came to us and said, guys, would you please pray for us as a family, but also pray for our son. And we want to trust God for his healing. And we said, sure. And then we invited the family to the front of the church. And we asked the whole congregation to pray with us. And um, I was there in front praying. The pastor, we asked anyone who, wants to, who feels that they want to come pray for this boy to come along and pray. And um, it was such a powerful, powerful time of prayer. We all sensed the presence of God. And um, after the prayer, God didn't heal the boy. Shortly after that, he passed away. Now, I just mentioned that prayer is the most underutilized weapon that God gives us. But the truth is, sometimes it feels like prayer doesn't work, or it feels at least that it doesn't work for me. I'm guessing there's someone out there who feels the same. You feel that prayer might work for someone else, but it doesn't work for you. And um, I just came out of a sabbatical. I had a four-week sabbatical, and straight after my sabbatical, I had paternity leave, which was great. Uh, my son Levi has just been born about a month ago, and it's been an absolute great time. But before, I've, before I went into my sabbatical, uh, because I've been grappling with prayer, the topic of prayer for probably the last two, three years or so, just really trying to figure out what God's desire is around prayer, how we should pray, and what happens when he answers prayer, what happens when he doesn't answer prayer. And um, going into the sabbatical, I said, Lord, I want to use the next four weeks to grapple with you around this subject. And I clearly sensed God telling me that, Jacques, I, I want you to stop praying noughts and crosses type prayer. Noughts and crosses. You might know what noughts and crosses is. It's a game, and um, you play with that uh, hashtag. <laughs> um, there's two opponents normally. You know, there's two opponents. Um, someone would be the X, and someone would be the O, and the aim of the game would be to get three of your um, token or your symbol in a row, either horizontally or vertically or diagonally, but you need three of them in a row, then you win the game. The truth is, when you play this game, if you've played it before, you know that it's fairly easy to play, and it's very easy to not be engaged even, or even to put any thought to strategy if you want to, uh, if, if you're playing this game. Now, when it comes to prayer, what I felt God was saying to me is, Jacques, when you pray, stop being disengaged. Don't just do it for the sake of doing it, but rather pray Sudoku kind of prayers. Now, if you've played Sudoku before, Sudoku is significantly different to noughts and crosses. Now, Sudoku, if you don't know what it is, it's a logic-based combination number placement puzzle. And like, even just that definition in itself is already very challenging to process. And then when you play Sudoku, you, you literally have to be engaged. You have to be thinking. You have to be strategizing. Um, you have to pay attention. Now, just that minor shift in my thinking regarding prayer Gave me massive breakthroughs over, over this time um, that I've been in sabbatical. And um, I remember one night I was praying. I went out to pray and I, and I said to myself, Jacques, stop praying noughts and crosses types of prayer and start praying Sudoku prayers. Trust God tonight. And I started praying. Um, I think it was at 8 o'clock or something. And then when I looked at my time again, four hours had gone by. Something had shifted 
in my prayer life, something that's shifted in my, my thinking regarding prayer. What I'm challenging you with today is to shift your type of prayer. Shift it into a zone where you start praying more Sudoku type prayers, where you're engaged and you're trusting God. Prayer, simply put, is speaking to our Heavenly Father. It's about building relationship with God. Prayer is also, as John pointed out to us last week, about asking God. Jesus wants us to pray. God wants us to ask Him for stuff. Now, when we pray, the ideal would be to have God answer all of our prayers. That would be the perfect scenario when it comes to praying. We pray, God answers, everybody's happy. Now, the reality is that sometimes it feels like God doesn't answer our prayer. And this is normally where it goes wrong for believers. It's in this phase of our prayer that we start doubting, we start questioning whether prayer actually works, we start questioning if God's word is true, because God, your word said, I can pray anything I want to in Jesus' name and you'll give it to me, and yet I haven't received this thing I've asked for. We start doubting if God's word is true, and we start doubting if God even exists. And all this, because God hasn't answered our prayer in the way I want him to answer. Why is God not answering my prayers? Is he ignoring me? Or is there something else going on here? So today, we're going to spend some time examining why God isn't answering my prayers. And um, prayer is sometimes so simple and easy. And other times it's so complex and difficult. God, at times, is very easy to understand. Yet, he's unfathomable. So I admit today as I attempt to explain an infinite God from my finite perspective, I know I'm going to fall short. And I know the things we're going to be looking at today is not going to be complete and perfect, but I can promise you there's going to be some good stuff. And I know there's good stuff because God gave it to me. So here's the question. Why is God not answering my prayer? I'm going to give you three points today. Feel free to write it down. Um, take some notes if you feel like you want to do that. First question, a question is, why is God not answering my prayer? Well, firstly, I think sometimes God chooses to remain silent. Sometimes God chooses to remain silent. And, and what I've come to conclude over the last month, two months, is that there's various reasons why God chooses to remain silent sometimes. First reason is this. Um, before we moved to, to Durban, we lived in Joburg and been, was in full-time ministry there. And uh, Peyton, our daughter, our firstborn, is, I think she just turned two years old and, or she was just about to turn two. And Cara and I realized that she has only seen her grandparents on both sides probably three or four times um, in two years. And as a family, we thought that this, we don't want this for us. And we wanted to make a shift. And, and we really asked God, if you could make a way for us to, to move to Durban and still have Corrib teaching and have me be involved in, in full-time ministry. So, so what I did was I started seeking God. I started praying. Every day I started praying. I was like, God, please make a way for me. And then all this pray, prayer leaded to silence. And then I felt God say to me, well, if you're going to be praying, that's awesome. But you need to actually get out of this boat. Staying inside your comfort zone is going to bring no results. You need to actually step out of the comfort zone, step out of the boat, and start walking on water. I need you to actually start seeking and praying. So that's what I did. Kept praying, but then I started seeking for opportunities in Durban. So um, I thought, hey, Lord, um, I want to be in ministry. How about I think of my favorite church in Durban. I'm not going to tell you the name of that church right now. Um, 
And then I thought, I love what these guys do. I love the excellence they operate in. I love the way they do worship. I love the way they preach. I love their philosophy around leadership. I love everything they do. I want to work for those guys. Lord, please make a way. So I phone up this church and I say, guys, I'm awesome. Hire me, please. <laughs> and the guy just said to me, Jacques, we, we actually don't hire externally. We raise up leaders from within our organization. We actually hire people from, in, from the inside out. Uh, from the inside of our, of, our, of our culture. And then God closed that door. And I kept praying, kept seeking. Second on my list was another church just around the corner from where I'm staying at the moment. I found out that they were looking for a senior pastor. Now at that stage of my life, I wasn't quite keen to lead a church. Um, I don't think I was ready. And I, I wanted to learn. I wanted to grow so much more before I step into that role. And um, I phoned up this church and I said, guys, I, I believe you've got a, a vacancy. And you're looking for a senior pastor. The first thing they asked me was if I was ordained within their denomination. And I said, no, I wasn't. And that automatically closed down the door. I said, but I've been ordained in the AFM. And we, our, our denominations are, are quite similar. I said, no, no, that's fine. But, we, but we're guessing we might need a youth pastor someday. And then and God just closed that, that door. And then at this stage, I was getting desperate because I was praying and I was seeking. And then I thought, maybe I can phone my old school. I've got some relationship with the headmistress, and I phoned her. I, said, I phoned her up and I said, Hello, uh, Tani Marena. <laughs> so, Jacques, yeah, I hope you can remember me. Um, this is what's happened in my life. I've been involved in full time ministry. I'm actually a qualified counselor. Maybe you didn't know that about me. What I didn't tell her was that I suck at counseling. I said, I'm a qualified counselor. Would you please hire me to be the counselor at the church? I was literally just trying everything, hoping God would answer a door. And even while praying, even seeking, I heard silence. Sometimes God chooses to remain silent. Now, what was happening in this time? Why was God being silent in this moment? I'm going to reveal that in a little bit. Shortly after that, my mother-in-law phoned me. Now, guys, I don't know if you knew this. God can speak through mother-in-laws. Just joking, obviously. God speaks to everybody. Mom, if you're watching, I love you. Um, but she phoned us up and said, listen, I heard through Diane, who's Cora's cousin, that Cora's cousin's husband, Graham, found out that Westfall Baptist Church was actually looking for a youth pastor. I thought, well, I've been seeking, I've been trying. Phoned up, spoke to Debbie, um, went through the whole process, and here I am today. Why did God choose to remain silent in that period before he actually answered my prayer? I believe that he was preparing the way. He was working behind the scenes, actively preparing the way so that when the moment was right, I could step into his purpose in my life. God chooses to remain silent because he's busy behind the scenes. Another reason I believe God chooses to remain silent is because he has already spoken to us. And you know it. If God has already spoken to you, he doesn't have to say it again. He's already spoken. Now, the truth is, sometimes we don't know that God has already spoken because we don't read the Bible. Bible contains God's word and God's will and God's purpose for our lives. And if you don't know what God's will is regarding your finances, read the Bible. If you don't know what God's will is regarding your, your marriage, read the Bible. He's already spoken. And our job is to read God's word and to obey. Listen to James 1 verse 22. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So God has spoken already. Our job now is to do what the word says. 
Another reason I believe God chooses to be silent sometimes is because he said no. He said no. And the other day, Levi wanted to play with a pair of my side cutters. It's, um, it's a tool. It's very similar to pliers. He wanted to play with this pair of side cutters. And I said, Levi, no. This is dangerous. You could hurt yourself and you could potentially hurt someone else. So I took the side cutters from him and I went around the back of my house to go sort out my tenant's um, status light for, the, for our alarm, alarm system. So I take off the status light, put the side cutters next to me. The next moment, I feel excruciating pain in my arm. And here's Levi, little dude, standing there with the side cutters that I told him not to play with, clipping the skin on my elbow. I was raging. I said no to him because I knew he was going to hurt either himself or someone else. Sometimes God chooses to be silent because he said no. He said no. It's not good for you to have this thing you asked for. And lastly, sometimes God chooses to say no because he said not now. Levi also asked me one day while we were sitting in my car, he says, Dad, I want to drive. He was two years old. Dad, I want to drive. I want to drive. I said, no, dude, you're not going to drive. You're not going to drive. Bottom line not going to drive. And then I, and he kept crying. He started stomping his feet. He started spitting and shouting. And I was like, you're not going to drive. And then I tried to think of a way to explain to him that he can't drive now. One day when he's 18 years old, when he's got his driver's license, I would love for him to drive my car. But now is the wrong time. Can't drive now. What I said to him then was, Levi, you can't drive now. Maybe later. That was the best language I could come up with for a two-year-old. And as I said that, I knew he was going to come to me later again. Not even kidding. Five minutes later, he says, can I drive now? Can I drive now? Sometimes God chooses to be silent because he wants you to wait. Timing is wrong. He doesn't necessarily need to say not now because the language that he wants to use to express to us is far beyond our understanding because God is infinite and all-powerful and all-knowing. Sometimes... We interpret God not answering our prayer. Point number two. Sometimes we interpret God not answering our prayer. Um, we interpret God's whisper as God's silence. Sometimes God is not answering our prayer because he's whispering to us. And our lack of discerning is causing us to think that he's being silent. God is actually whispering to us. Now, during my sabbatical, um, I spent a lot of time, I've mentioned this already, spent a lot of time praying, a lot of time seeking God. And quite honestly, a lot of the time I was frustrated because I thought that God was ignoring me. I thought he was being silent. And then one night I remember I was sitting outside. I went out to pray. I prayed for a specific thing and I, I just felt like God was not saying anything. And I was so frustrated with the silence that I decided to, to go into sort of a, a silent strike. And I'm not even kidding. I sat there for the next two hours saying, Lord, your word says I must be silent and, and listen. I must wait on you and that's what I'm going to do. But I was, I was really frustrated and I expressed that to God. I really believe that God wants us as his children to express what we're feeling, to lament, if you want to use that word. And I did. But then in protest, I sat there for not kidding, two hours waiting, hoping that God was going to say something. Nothing. At the end of the two hours, all of a sudden, a rush of memories popped into my mind. And what I had interpreted to be silence over this last month, God reminded me of all the things he'd actually whispered to me during this time. I missed it all because I was in the wrong frame of mind. What is God whispering to you? And are you able to discern it? 
another reason we think God isn't answering our prayer is because sometimes He answers us in unexpected ways. Sometimes He answers us in unexpected ways. So there's this prophet named Elijah, and God sends him to go proclaim to the people that God was going to send a famine, God was going to send a drought. And he does. He obeys God, and he tells God's people God's going to send famine and drought. Um, and then that's what happens, because God honors his word. And during this time, um, Scripture says that God provided for Elijah by sending crows to bring him meat. And he was lying by, he was close to a brook where there was water, and God was providing for him. And then the water ran out, and then God sent, said to Elijah, I want you to go to this town, and there's going to be a woman, she's a widow, and she'll provide for you. I will provide for you through this lady. Okay, so, so God speaks to Elijah clearly. Elijah obeys, he gets up and he goes there. And he arrives at this place, and, and, and lo and behold, there is this woman who was a widow. She had, she had a son, and um, Elijah, knowing that there's a drought, knowing that there's famine, there's no water, there's no food, approaches this lady, okay? And he says to her, please give me a cup of water. Give me something to drink. Now let's just quickly pause there. I want you to do, try, if you can, try imagine yourself being in this lady's position. Imagine being in a place where there's no food and there's no water. Okay, it's, it, this is a real problem. You, you might die. You have very little resources at your disposal. And then someone comes to you, says he's a man of God, and you might know him as a man of God, and it looks like God may actually have been answering your prayer. You've been praying for God to provide for you for ages. I mean, you're, in, in, you're hungry, and you're thirsty, and your son is hungry, and he's thirsty. And you've been praying, God, please send a solution. I need a breakthrough, or else we're going to die. And then this man of God eventually shows up. And what he does is, he doesn't answer, he doesn't bring the solution that you thought. In fact, it seems like he makes the situation worse. Because what he does is, he says, I know, lady, you and your son have very little resources, but give me something to drink. And then this lady actually does it. She's like, okay, uh, we don't have anything to drink, but I'm going to get you some water because you asked for it. And then as she walks away, he says, also, can you give me some bread? And this lady responds and she says, sir, I promise you by your God that all we have left is a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. I'm going to make a cake or bread with this little bit of resources we have. I'm going to eat some. I'm going to give some to my son. Very little bit of food. And then we're going to die. Then Elijah says, that's okay. Go make that bread, but feed me first. Can you imagine? I'm like reading the story and I want to say like, Elijah, dude, what are you doing? Let them eat first at least and you eat the leftovers. But that's not what he does. Now imagine being in this lady's position. You're asking God for a breakthrough, potentially. Asking God to provide for you. And then he sends this man of God. And it seems like the situation gets worse. You need to surrender your last bit of water. You need to, you need to feed this man first before you feed yourself and your son. Looks like the thing, the situation is getting worse. She couldn't recognize in that moment that God was answering her prayer in an unexpected way. She does it anyway. She obeys this man, she goes, she makes the bread, and Elijah says to her, I promise you, until this drought is over, your flour will not run out, neither will your oil. And that's what happened. Neither a flour or a oil ran out. Now here's the thing. I would not have recognized God's answer in that moment when the prophet showed up. Because God answered in an unexpected way. 
God might be answering your prayers in unexpected ways. And you may be thinking God is being silent. We just need to be able to identify that this is God speaking to us and answering our prayer in a different way than we thought. I'm going to wrap this up. Why does God not answer our prayer? Well, he chooses sometimes to remain silent. He chooses to not say anything for a reason. Sometimes God actually answers our prayer, but he whispers it. We need to discern God's voice. And sometimes we think God is not answering our prayer because he answers our prayers in unexpected ways. Now today we looked at why, what is God up to when he's not answering our prayers? Please, please, please don't miss next week. Next week I'm going to be speaking about what should we do when God is not answering our prayers. Slightly different. What is God up to? We spoke about that today. What is God up to when he's not answering our prayers? Next week I'm going to speak to you about what should we be doing if we are hearing silence, if God is not answering our prayers. Please do not miss next week. Have a great week. See you again soon.